Hello, and welcome to another edition of A Matter of Public Health. It's the podcasting service of the Kent County Health Department in Grand Rapids, Michigan. I'm Steve Kelso, Communications Manager at KCHD and the host of A Matter of Public Health. In this episode, you're going to hear from the vaccine queen. Mary Wasinski has worked as a nurse for 45 years. The last 15 of those years, right here as immunization supervisor at the Kent County Health Department. Now she's retiring, and we thought this would be an excellent opportunity to harvest some of her institutional knowledge, since despite our pleadings, beggings, and otherwise groveling, Mary will not be talked out of retirement. Mary, thanks for joining us today. Thank you for having me, Steve. You know, 45 years, a long time, and I want to just, we'll dive right into the history here. Tell me some of the most stark differences between the time you started as a nurse and what you see now, and are we better, are we worse, where are we going? I think if I have to look at the entire time I've been a nurse, we're mostly better. I became a nurse in the 1970s. There was no blood and body fluid precautions. 1981, what happened? HIV and AIDS. That really changed the difference of the healthcare industry, and we became much more cautious. Um, We started more vaccines. Hep B was blood and body fluid. Um, and then if I think to the 90s, if there was family docs, right? You went to your doctor, he was a family doc. In the 90s, HMOs started, and doctors became groups. Healthcare became less personal. I was hopeful that that would maybe contain costs, but I'm not sure that happened. Um, yeah. And then as I learned more and more about public health, you know, I think the last, well, even from 1900 to 1999, we got vaccines. Our vaccine preventable disease rates dropped dramatically once vaccines were introduced. I'm old enough to remember getting the polio in a sugar cube lining up in the 50s. Yeah, you and me both, yeah. You know? Um, We got safer water. Um, Our water became fluoridated, so teeth were better. Um, We just, uh, more sanitation. Um, We learned about growing fresh food. We really had many public health achievements as our society became modernized and urbanized. Um, Early 2000s, I don't know if you remember, I think in 06 or 07, we had that, um, it was like an avian pandemic where over 200 million birds died, which was quickly followed by the H1N1 of 2009, um, which was more shorter-lived pandemic, and that's now part of the seasonal flu vaccine. We get the H1N1 um, in our seasonal flu every single year. So that was a great achievement. And then I've worked with our group here on different public health things that maybe weren't vaccines, like vapor intrusion. Um, so public health, even though my focus is vaccines, is not just vaccines. It works best when it's silent, when people don't know what's happening, and we diligently strive to keep our whole community healthy and to anticipate problems before they develop. Um, that hepatitis A outbreak around 2016 was awful. Um, we had people dying, not just in our state, but in others. Um, and I think that we've learned from those past pandemics and that when COVID hit, although it's been the biggest, pan- longest pandemic I've dealt with, we really came together as a community to focus on what our community needed and how we could integrate our efforts instead of kind of working at cross purposes. 
you know, we had meetings weekly. We um, developed our own website. Um, we, we worked with each other on our statistics. And we identified pockets of need in our community to try and make sure that with health equity and social justice, everyone could be served and have the opportunity for testing and for COVID vaccines. I'm very proud of that. I think that was a really wonderful um, example of what happens when a community comes together and works on a unified message. You were a big piece of that, making sure that we all were saying the exact same thing. And um, I think that will continue. At some of the last meetings I was at, there's really a lot of energy and plan to stay connected to work on different problems in our communities. But one of the things where I think we're worse off is vaccines took a real backseat and got a black eye during this pandemic. I was reading recently that in 2005, about 5% of the population or adults were on social media, which now it's 72%, if not more. Right. Can it be a positive thing? Absolutely. What an easy way to get a public health message out. What an easy way to have somebody who's an influencer be able to reach so many people but on the flip side it can be negative it can put people um you know if it's not a trusted message we've seen that so I think we have work to do on that and public health how we get our message out I also think we have to work to do to get public health should be respected public health should be trusted and I think that a lot of people especially who work in public health, were disillusioned, which is unfortunate during this pandemic, because politics took over. Yeah, You need politics as part of public health. We have to pass laws. We do different things. But what we need is nonpartisan politics. We don't need the CDC being part of the executive branch of the federal government. You know, we don't need um, the health officers in our... 45 local public health departments having their message softened by legislators who don't want to be in charge and feel like our message isn't that important to get out there. And and you've talked about this before. You're concerned about legislation that may be right before our our state Senate. Exactly. Legislation to weaken the um, authority of the health officer. Legislation to say there can't be vaccine mandates. Legislation to say... We don't care if there's a vaccine-preventable outbreak. You can't close schools. Public health has made such progress in the 20th century, in the first part of of 21st, that I'm really fearful that unless we start looking at the good of the entire country and working together in a nonpartisan way, that we're going to go backwards. And so that's my fear. Already our childhood rates have plummeted in Michigan and, and let's face it, they, they weren't all that great to begin with. They weren't. They were not all that great to begin with. They were probably close to the high 70% of the kids were up to date. We're at 50%. And I understand we're doing slightly better here in, in Kent County, but it still is. We are. You know, we're doing much better in Kent County. But if you look at our two-year-olds who are should be up to date, we are a little less than 70%, which means 30% of our kids are not protected and from measles and pertussis and, you know, those things that not only can make kids sick, but that can put them in the hospital, and some kids may die. So what's the logical conclusion to all of that? If, if you've got that kind of population running around without vaccination, we, we're 
probably going to start seeing outbreaks of some of these things, especially now the kids are back in school, right? Yeah, that's my fear is that we are, uh, and I can't give you the exact number, but there we've had kids die from flu in our country this year. It's very sad. Um, and when we look at the work that some of the global organizations have done, like WHO and Gavi, um, we've come a long way, but kids are still dying. Um, the rotavirus vaccine has saved thousands of kids' lives. It's a disease that causes kids to vomit and diarrhea, and they don't have rehydration like we do. Mm-hmm. Um, they've just come up with a vaccine for um, other countries for dengue. And I'm also hearing that they're trialing one for malaria, which has killed people for decades oh, in yeah, those countries. One of the largest killers on the planet. Exactly. And so in that way, I'm just hopeful that um, we will continue to progress and that we can work together with politics and not in a um, partisan way because we really need each other to keep our country safe and to get public health back to the messaging and be trusted. You know, I remember those those very first days of COVID and there was almost a there was almost this 9-11 feel in the air. Like, we're going to get this thing, right? There was almost this, uh, we all came together, we hugged, and, and we, had a, we had a common enemy. But that all went away so fast. And really, we, at that point, we were absent a vaccine. We were absent any kind of treatment for the illness. And all we really had was, was communication. And I think that we, all we could really tell people was wash your hands, social distance yourselves, you know, th- those those same simple things that we've been telling people for years. I think I think initially they largely did that, but I'm still trying to figure out where it all fell apart. I just can't put my finger on that moment. Are we going to have to put our finger on that moment to figure out how we move forward? I told, yes. You know, public health does emergency preparedness. Um, our country does emergency preparedness. We're going to need to look back at this and say what went right, what went wrong, what can we do better in the future? Because, like you said, yeah, this virus was awful. And I understand that all we had communication and that the people were confused. We were boots on the ground learning as we went. Yeah, the more building the airplane as we were flying it, ex- people were saying. Right, yeah. exactly. Because brand new disease, brand new vaccine, um, the things that we tell you today – as they do more research, maybe a month later, we change that. But, right, it, it evolved so rapidly and so quickly. So I do get why people were confused. But we didn't, when we didn't have the vaccine, wearing masks, closing businesses, staying home, you know, when tens of thousands are dying and we don't know how lethal this is going to be, public health doesn't like to do that either. But that was right. the only mitigation strategy at that point that we had to start with. Then there was a day, and I, this is a day I, I won't probably ever forget. We had vaccine arrive on our dock, and it was almost Christmas around here. It was Christmas. It I was c- just about Christmas, wasn't it, it? December, yeah, December 16th, I think it yeah, got I here. I think you might be right. I don't know. I cried when I watched that vaccine get unloaded from the truck. It just felt like we were shoveling against the tide, doing the best we could, and now we had something positive that was going to turn it around. It was it was just, you could feel it in the air. You could feel it in everyone around you. People just, their attitudes were just, it was like Christmas, Steve. Yeah, and then very quickly here, and just, you know, we stood up the, we stood up the, uh, 
thing at DeVos. And then very quickly here, it didn't take us long in our humble little health department to have 20,000 shots in our arms. People were, you know, coming right. out and doing that. So. And I'll never forget the interview with the lady who got 20,000 shots. Yeah. She was just amazing. And she was a really great public health advocate, which, uh, you know, I appreciate that, that we have people in our community um, that are also helping us spread the message. Her name was Shelly Grissom. About 10 o'clock in the morning on February 19th, 2021, she became the 20,000th person to receive her first dose of COVID-19 vaccine here at the Kent County Health Department. Here's some of what she had to say. I'm very excited about getting the vaccine and I've been waiting forever for it, you know, and I probably called around and made everyone crazy <laughs> asking when am I going to get my shot. But uh, I'm very happy and I've never been afraid to take it. I've heard some people was a little apprehensive about it, but I'm not because if it's something that's going to keep me from being put into a hospital with critical care and and keep me living, this is what I want. I have two wonderful sons and I have seven beautiful grandchildren. I have great grandchildren. I have something to live for. My birthday is Monday. I almost feel like it's my birthday. <laughs> That happened just two months after the Kent County Health Department had administered its first COVID vaccine to Mary Wasinski. Here's some of what Mary had to say that day. I'm speechless. I, I knew that 2021 now put us on the offense, but I've seen the joy, I've seen the tears on these people's faces. It makes me happy to be able to serve them and to offer them some hope that we'll get back to reality. Hopefully, if not in the end of 2021, by 2022. Um, but to listen to her and the joy she had and her trust and faith in not only vaccines, but in the health department, the nurses that she works with, was very gratifying for me. I'm gratified to know that the people I work alongside have the same feelings that I do. Um, and I think that's why this clinic has been such a huge success because we do care, we do take the time and we do appreciate every single one of the people that we serve here. It's amazing. I wanna ask you the thing you're most proud of in the time you've been here. That's a hard one. That's a real hard one. That's good um, that there are so many. I, I hope there's so many. Um, I'm really proud of the public health nurses that I work with. They are truly um, servants. They are. They, they, it doesn't matter if they work over. It doesn't matter what, you know, they do. They truly care about this community and the people they serve. And I think the other thing I'm proud of is my, um, my ability to raise our rates from the time I started this job. Um, I've to, to explain rates. I the, don't want people oh, to think our prices have gone up. No, you're right. <laughs> um, the immunization up-to-date rates for our um, 19 to 35-month-olds or our kids who are just turning between 2 and 3, I have worked very hard to build partnerships with our immunizing providers in our community 
And they are also a very dedicated group of healthcare professionals. Um, and I think together we have done an amazing job at keeping our kids, even though the rates are low, they're higher than the rest of the state, um, safe and being committed to the same cause. So that I'm really proud of that partnership and of watching um, the people in the offices grow as they learn more about vaccines. I love, I love teaching. Um, and I think the best thing I can say when I retire is that I know it will continue because I'm really proud of the people that I've worked with and I see their passion and I see their commitment. That leads us to a really good segue here because seated to your left is Amy Shears and she is going to become the new vaccine queen of Kent County. Amy, welcome aboard. What, Mary, what challenges does Amy face? And Amy, how are you going to attack? What are you going to do? How are you going to fix it all? Amy and I have talked about this, so I will just let her tell you. I think Amy and I think um, exactly the same on what challenges she's going to face. Raising these rates again is going to be, you know, the challenge. Get back to where we were pre-pandemic. Um, we can... We, get those partnerships that may have kind of waned off a little bit during the pandemic um, back to the table, back to the forefront. Let's get these partnerships rolling again um, and get out there and tackling these vaccination rates, get some of that um, public health, um, uh, what's the word, the positivity out there and that trust back in. Do you wish that people could come in here and see the work that actually goes on? If they could meet some of these nurses and clerks and medical assistants that work here and see their dedication, um, their heads would spin. That's And that's probably how we're going to have to go about changing some of the, the hearts and minds of, of folks who, because we don't face, we, we face a, a pretty grim set of statistics if we don't get those vaccines out there. And we've seen it recently. Outbreaks of whooping cough We've and measles it. and the, the fifteen pediatric flu deaths in the United States just this flu season. That's terrifying. No child should have to die because of a vaccine preventable disease. And as I sit here and talk to both of you, I see it in your eyes. I see you saying that's unacceptable. There's just no reason that has to happen. None. None at all. None. Well, thank you very much for joining us today. I, uh, Mary, I, I don't know what to say without getting teary-eyed. Because I know. I, you know, without all you're talking about there, you, I, I've tried. You're probably not going to come back to work right for us. So <laughs> I won't put in that pitch again. But thank you both. And, Amy, I, I look forward to working with you thank as you. well. Likewise. I think we've got a, we've got a good future ahead of us. And, and the road that, that uh, you and I are left with, Amy, I think has been paved pretty well by Mary and Thank we're, you. We're I appreciate it. Looking forward to, to driving down. And I want to make one more thank you, and that's to you, our listeners to this podcast. If you like what you hear here, make sure you click that subscribe button so you'll never miss another episode of A Matter of Public Health. A Matter of Public Health is the podcasting service of the Kent County Health Department located in Grand Rapids, Michigan. A Matter of Public Health is on Apple, is available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Steve Kelso, KCHD Communications Manager. Until next time, here's to your health.